0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use Fetch Me 20 at checkout for your first delivery free. I'm Zach Blackerby and at the controls today... Very dear friend of mine, Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. Hello, friend. How are we doing? I'm swell. I'm very eager for this Saturday. I am too, man. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one for for, for both teams. I mean, I think you could argue this is the biggest matchup of the weekend as far as national uh, attention. And, you know, throughout the week, Auburn's kind of been given a nod to... Okay, you know, as far as the college football playoff goes, like they could either mess things up or make a run. I know Marcelo was on Fine Bomb yesterday kind of talking about like, hey, they're relevant here, especially if they're able to beat Alabama, they're able to beat LSU, they're able to beat Georgia. I mean, they've only got to beat one of those three teams to make a dramatic impact on who makes the college football playoff. The schedule
1: the way it sets up is one of the most difficult in the country. We've talked about that a ton. So I don't want to talk about that right now, but yeah. I think what you get with that is a little bit of leeway. You can lose you can afford to lose one of those games and still be in the playoff conversation. We saw this to be true a few years yeah, ago. Two years Auburn ago. had yeah. two losses, one of which was in conference play. And since they haven't lost in conference play yet, I don't foresee that happening um, you know, with with the one cupcake they've got left. As difficult as it is, yeah, I think that they're absolutely a contender. And Right now, I feel good about this A and M game. I really, I'm confident about them going into College Station
0: with the freshman quarterback and finding a way to win. In Vegas, A and M's giving up four. Michael and I were talking about that at lunch yesterday, and that that's just that's really surprising to me. And I don't think there's really any way, any other way to put it for you know my opinion on that. But we'll see. You know, Vegas, Vegas is good at what they do, so we will absolutely see. But just kind of a, a preview of today's show. There's a few things uh coming up we're going to touch on the locked on auburn podcast awards we got a lot of uh chatter about that going into the year i'm going to give you kind of what i've got because i hate to say it but we're already a quarter of the way through this thing it goes quickly but we we had a nice start
1: and then we're really getting to the meat of things yeah here we go right the way Auburn's schedule set up i thought it was as hard as it was it was kind of nice with the young quarterback anyway because it gave them some time to work through some things but uh, it's gonna get
0: tough. Yeah. So that is coming up. Also, I'm aware that I sound terrible. <laughs> my morning show it, it, uh, it starts at six o'clock. I got a text by six fifteen from my mother saying, "You sound terrible." And I'm like, "I feel like death." So thanks for the love, ma. Yeah, yeah. But you know, love the uh, the honesty. Love the honesty. I was trying to make myself as comfortable as possible during my morning show. I did it without shoes on. First time I've ever done that.
1: I'm a big no shoes guy. Probably most people around me don't appreciate
0: mm-hmm. that. Love sweaters, love mm-hmm. no shoes. Right. So a few uh, a, a few talking points. One, I have just kind of a, a, a generic question about this weekend's matchup that I want your opinion on. And then we have two uh, great Twitter questions. One is from Keith at KD Splon on Twitter, and then the Gloat Colonel Steve also asked a question. But my first question to you is, and I saw a discussion on this on Auburn Twitter, is Texas A&M and Auburn is it a rivalry? And it never even crossed my mind, but there's a lot of people that think it is. I I think it's a typical SEC West rivalry. I would say no. I think the schools have a lot of
1: similarities. And I think if they continue to play one another, and we've gotten mostly good games in this series, Mm -hmm. with the exception, I think, of the first one. Johnny Manziel, yeah. Other than that, I would say they've all been exciting, even when both the teams— I mean, you think about that 2015 year— where Jeremy Johnson went into College Station and got a win. Mm -hmm. And I think Kyler Murray was the quarterback for the Aggies for at least part of that game. Uh, But most of those games have been close. Last year was no different. Right. But I I don't think that it's a rivalry yet. I think there hasn't been enough on the line yet for it to matter other than you need to beat a Western Division
0: foe. Like, I think it's a bigger rivalry than Ole Miss... Arkansas, I think the only reason Arkansas is there because of Gus's ties there. I think that's the only reason it makes that interesting. I would say
1: that when Bielema was there, but that really isn't, you know, it's not a factor anymore since he got canned, and yeah. you're right. It just seems like Gus prepares more for that game to stick it to Arkansas than really any other.
0: Right. Which game do you think is the larger rivalry or a bigger deal year, year in and year out? Auburn-Mississippi State or Auburn-Texas A&M? Mississippi State's had the longevity. I think Texas A&M... They're often, more relevant, right?
1: I would say A&M has, of late, since they joined the SEC, I know that A&M, you know, excuse me, the Mississippi State got all the way up to number 1 for that brief period of time with Dak. I just think that the, the long-term effect of A&M having the resources and the fan base that they do, they're go and now the coach that they do, they're much more likely to be, uh, to be a team that Auburn fans really want to beat I think Mississippi State has a ceiling, and we might have seen that ceiling around Dan Mullen's time. Yeah, That's not to say Joe Moorhead couldn't get there, but to answer your question, there's a lot more to point to within the history of Auburn and Mississippi State. But how much has that game really meant to Auburn fans? I mean, In fact, not Auburn has generally dominated that rivalry. Now, the last 10 yeah. years, it's actually been really even. I think it's 5-4 over the last nine. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, this is one Auburn has a pretty clear edge in. So I would say, based on a number of things and based on recent history, the a game probably means more to Auburn fans.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Let us know what you think. Is TAMU and Auburn, is it a rivalry? Would love to hear your thoughts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors,
1: zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve
0: equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com. Another thing I want to touch on is a question from you want to go with Keith or the gloat first? Let's go with Keith
1: and we'll save the gloat for last.
0: Discussion for uh, the cast. Auburn's had some unknown heroes at Kyle Field, such as Marcus Davis in 13, Justin Garrett in 15, and Nick Ruffin in 17, who arguably had the plays of the game in those years. Who is your guy going into this year? He said his is Jordan Peters, and then I believe uh, the Gloat actually tweeted and said his was um, Roger McCreary, which both of those are good. I think it would be somebody on the offense just because I think the defense is just so stout, and I think they're really just going to take over the football game. So, my answer on offense is I'm going to go with like a Sal Canella or Will Hastings. My first thought
1: was actually Roger McCreary, but you make a good point about the defense probably keeping Auburn in this game because I don't think AM's got an incredible offense. Mm-hmm. They're still working through some things. I think I'd go with Matthew Hill, also a receiver, a guy that we expected to see more of at this point. We really haven't. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of big play potential, especially with Seth Williams day-to-day. I think there's a big chance he has a role on Saturday. I think Matthew Hill is a good one. Certainly a guy like Sal Canella or Will Hastings is a good answer. I think Hastings, to me, makes a little more sense than Canella if we were kind of splitting hairs.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the reason I bring up Canella over Hastings is – Just kind of based on the question, like unknown heroes, Mm -hmm. like and both of those guys are starters, so they're not really unknown. I I think the Hill answer is actually better because he's not a starter. I mean, those guys were starters with the exception of Marcus Davis back in in thirteen. But
1: what a catch he had in that twenty thirteen game with the sun in his eyes and i
0: tried to uh, get him on the show this week but due to his current position yeah. with the staff he is unable to
1: i wish he could he's he was a lot of fun nice guy
0: yeah big fan of his big fan of his that dude can kill some wings
1: i didn't know that yeah he, he doesn't re- I mean lunch with him a few pretty times fit guy i wouldn't know, i wouldn't know that
0: yeah i'm sure his metabolism is ridiculous but that dude can kill some. i went it was me jeff whitaker and marcus mm-hmm. and i don't think jeff or me would like to admit this but i think marcus out ate <laughs> us
1: yeah, that guy had some clutch catches. I think his that was his freshman year, if I remember correctly, and someone can can write me if I'm wrong. But I think he had a couple of big catches in the Mississippi State game that C. Joe Zuma <Zo> yeah. ultimately caught the game winning touchdown in.
0: He was a stud, man. You know, and, and the Rams really kind of screwed him as far as getting into the league, as far as giving him a chance. They gave him a chance, he like flew out there, then he got there, and they're like, actually, never mind. It's kind of my recollection of the story. So I, I hate that he mm-hmm. didn't get a legitimate chance because he got hurt his senior year, which is a bummer, to which say is the a least. shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, really good question from Keith. And then let's take a quick look at the gloats question, Colonel Steve. Where has Nick Coe disappeared to? I think everyone thought he would make, uh, or I think everyone thought he would be a difference maker in route to the NFL draft. Looks like Big Cat has stolen his playing time. I thought thought Nick Coe was going to be great and Marlon Davidson was going to take a step back. And that has not been the case. I think Marlon Davidson has been extraordinary. um, and, And Nick Coe is. I mean, I think at times he's, what, the fourth best defensive lineman that they have right now? I mean, Marlon Davidson's great. Derek Brown's obviously, you know, you know what he is. I, I like what Tyron Truesdale has done. Truesdale has looked good. I mean, this year, if you're just looking at the three games that Auburn's played this year, and I had no recollection of any other thing that happened, I would think Truesdale's a better player than Nick Coe. Is that outlandish to say? Just based on the three games so far this year.
1: I think some of what Nick Coe probably has done has has been undercut by the fact that he doesn't have a bunch of sacks right now. I mean, he's got five tackles on the year, I think, which is not a ton. I realize that. Yeah. I do
0: think he's... I'm impressed you just have that number on the top of your head. I did Google it. When did you Google it? Moments ago. Oh, just now? Okay, yes.
1: gotcha.
0: Um, I, I think it's...
1: I think it's important to note that there are sometimes things that those linemen can do that don't show up in the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand people are really, myself included, because I'm, I'm someone who a while back had him as a guy with the right season, could sneak his way into the end of the first round or at least into the second if things really broke well for him. Yeah. And so I get it. He hasn't lit the world on fire, but I think don't give up on him. I think uh, the guy has a world of athleticism and potential. Oh, for sure. And there's so, with Marlon Davidson playing the way he is with Truesdale seemingly stepping up at this point in the season, and Derrick Brown is just so good, mm-hmm. Nick Coe's going to have a good season.
0: Yeah. And it's an important thing to look at with defensive guys and offensive linemen, just the overall impact. But I still don't think he's impacting the game as much as I thought he would. That may be the case. I would say give it time. Yeah. I mean, I think also
1: look at the two teams they've played in the last two weeks. Now, Mm -hmm. you might have hoped he had a sack, or maybe he got in the the quarterback's face a little bit more, disrupting plays. I think that's understandable. But (laughs) I I, I think this weekend, and the Mississippi State game as well, will be better tests when there's a lot on the line.
0: I'm glad they're not forcing him to play defensive tackle as much anymore. I don't like him on the inside of the defensive line. They did it against Oregon. I'm like, stop it. And they've really backed off of that. I think some of that has to do with Truesdale maybe exceeding what they thought. Because I, I was shocked when they ran him out there. I mean, Coach started a defensive tackle against Oregon. And uh, the, the buddy I was watching it with, I'm just like, why why are they doing that? And now they'll move Marlon inside and they'll put Big Cat on the edge on you know Marlon's side of the field or Nick Coe. And I just like that a lot better. I just like the way they move inside a lot better, Davidson over Coe. But I thought that was a pretty solid question. So shout out. To Colonel Steve. SO. I love it. Shout out. I love it. All right. If you're going to the game next Saturday, if you're, if you're planning on going for the, to the night game, it's a 6 o'clock kick. I know it's on ESPN, but if you want to be in Jordan-Hare Stadium for some Saturday night kickoff action for some college football, there's no other place to buy your tickets but Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats has a a great free app. Just download the Vivid Seats app in your phone's app store and make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. It's easy to use. You can see your view of the field from where you're buying the tickets at and I just don't really know why you wouldn't want to go to this game this Saturday night because it's going to be a huge one, especially if Auburn is able to find a way to win on the road at Texas A&M. They host Mississippi State. Those tickets are going to skyrocket. So go ahead and buy your tickets now. Use Vivid Seats, promo code KICKOFF at checkout to save up to $100. You won't regret it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. All right. So a a podcast, I think it was the most listened to podcast that we had in the history of this show and all iterations back when it was SEC country back when it was the Auburn podcast. And now what it is today, the locked on Auburn podcast. I think the most listened to podcast at the time before this season started was us talking about the locked on Auburn podcast awards, the LOA podcast awards. And so we recorded the way into the season. I thought we would kind of continue making our list. Of nominees, if you will, and so if there's a category that you think we should share some love on, tweet at us. I'm at Z Blackerby Painters at Paint Sharpless on Twitter, and of course the the show is at Locked On Auburn. We're a quarter of the way through the season, so best play. All I have right now is Seth Williams game winner against Oregon. Has because, to be uh, as of right now. There's nothing that's even close to it, right? Yeah, that's it. And there might not be by the end of the year. But so, I mean, the only other thing that I thought of is Will Hastings move to, to score against Tulane, but it's like, that's not even, that's almost offensive towards Seth Williams game winner.
1: There's a lot on that play too, because there were such high hopes for Seth Williams being a breakout player this year. I mean, he was to some extent last year, but people were hoping he would be that the go-to guy. Yeah. And then Bo Nix in his first game ever in a somewhat eerily similar pass to his dad at one point, uh-huh. finds a way in an ugly game to get a, a win against a top 10 team. I don't, I don't think there's any debate about that being the biggest play thus far of Auburn's season.
0: Best player. I've got a long list and it's pretty much the same list for best player and MVP. So I'll just kind of read both those. Bo Nix, Prince Tega, Marlon Davidson, Seth Williams, Will Hastings, Derek Brown, Noeg Benogany, KJ Britt, and Nick Coe. As of right now, who do you think is the best player on the Sober team going in uh going into week four? I think it has to be Derek Brown and some of that's not gonna show up in the stat sheet, some of it will, but he and you
1: could see this in different games and especially the Oregon game was just a wrecking ball. Yeah. I think you could also argue K J Britt. Yes. I think that that's I 100% a fair agree. argument. So either of those guys would be acceptable. I don't think anyone offensively has been consistent enough to garner that award
0: yeah for best player but for MVP it may change a little bit MVP you know I think you could argue it's possibly Tega for MVP my answer right now is either Christian Tut or KJ Britt for MVP as far as how valuable they are if Auburn did not have them I think they'd be a take a a big step back Tut's a great one for MVP in part because of what he's been able to do in the secondary but special teams in an area that
1: Auburn was pretty good in last Mm -hmm. year they have struggled but he has been a bright spot there so I think that's actually a, a nice
0: point that you made Breakout player, I've got Bo Nix, Tyron Truesdale, K.J. Britt, Noeg Monogany, Christian Tutt, and J.J. Wilson. Would you read them one more time, please? Bo Nix, Truesdale, K.J. Britt, Noeg Benogany, Christian Tutt, and J.J. Wilson. I want to say Bo Nix, but it's a little too early to do that.
1: I think right now, just because we had this conversation got to be Britt, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be fun to do the quarterback— I think they need to win just a little more, and his numbers need to go up a little bit mm-hmm. before he gets that.
0: I agree. And then uh, best backup, I've got Gatewood and Bailey Sharp. I thought Sharp did a great job in his role as backup, backing up Prince Tega. Give me Sharp. I understand the, the plenty of my friends
1: and people who listen to our podcast and the, the lunch break are very curious about Joey Gatewood and want to see more of him, and I get it. And he looked good running the ball against an under – whelmed an overmatched Kent State team I think Bailey's sharp though uh, he played well in that drive Tega had to leave in the Oregon game and he played well backing him up it's unfortunate he's going to have to go uh, get that surgery because Auburn really does not have a lot of depth and and he looked I think at least assuring like he could be a a good fill-in if anybody got injured and now you don't have that so
0: I'd say sharp for the best podcast category, I've got the Locked On Auburn podcast, and that's all I can think of right now.
1: I think it's a clear cut favorite.
0: Okay. You think we need to add any more, or you think we're good? I think we're good. All right. Best nickname, which I think is the most coveted award from the Locked On Auburn podcast. Sweetfeet, man. Really? You're 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 in the Sweet Feet camp. All right, here's all the ones we got. KJ Downhill, Brit, Sweetfeet, Chainsaw McLean, Worm, Tyron, the True Deal, Truesdale. Swiss Army Nye, Hammer, and Seth Game Gamewinner-Williams, and Groot. Sweet Feet is my favorite. Uh, Swiss Army
1: Nye is so lame, Have you been it's on awesome. since I've said that? Yes. It's okay. Like Michael hates Corny it. wordplay is some of my favorite. If Sweet Feet wasn't just objectively a great nickname, then I would go with, with that
0: corny Somebody word. already has that nickname, though, in the NFL. That's my thing. Okay, I didn't know that. James White. That's James White's thing. Okay, well. I think that makes it worse. Because originally we thought his nickname was Quick Feet, didn't we? Maybe so. Am I making that up? I don't remember, but you probably are correct.
1: I like Sweet Feet, and I didn't know that, so I'm going to pretend you didn't say it. Okay, fair, fair enough. James White.
0: I'm sorry I ruined that for you. You didn't ruin it. I'm just going to block out that last ten <laughs> seconds. Okay. It just didn't happen. Sounds good. So we kind of did some score predictions yesterday, Painter, and I'm kind of sitting at the Auburn 27, Texas A&M 17 for this weekend.
1: I'm going 23. Pause a little longer.
0: 21. Whoa! I've been saying 23, 20 in my head most of this week. All right, break down 23 to me. How do you get to 23 points? You don't see that one a whole lot. I know. He's just feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Doesn't have to be logical, man.
1: So uh, I guess they're kicking a bunch of, they're kicking three field goals and scoring two touchdowns, which seems about right. Cause Auburn likes to get close to the end zone and then kick field goals. You know, I could see their red zone offense struggling Saturday. Well, it's, you know, I could see them like mounting a late touchdown drive to go over the top against an A&M team. So I'll, I'll say that. How about, how about that? I'm fired up, man. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Kyle Field's a cool place, and it's uh, going to be a heck of a place to get your first road start if you're bone eggs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and we talked about this earlier this week, but so many people are saying, well, he went on the road for the da- to, the to Dallas for Oregon. I'm like, as far as traveling, I think that's good. That It's you know. helpful. It's a nice baby step, actually. But there, the were s- there were so many more Auburn people than Oregon people. Even if it was 50-50. It's different. And and then, yeah, I think it was... There's going to be 100,000 people that are cheering every time you fail. Like, that's that, that affects you. You know what I mean? Like, that messes with your head.
1: I, it would be an emotional, like, almost religion-like experience, I think, to run out on a field like that. I mean, you're in basically a palace. You're in Texas, sort of this ideal Mecca of football and as intimidating as I imagine it is, it has to be pretty wonderful. But you're right. Once you start making mistakes, I can see how easy it would be to get rattled. And
0: if you make a mistake early, in particular, that could be a scary thought. How do you rebound from that? I just can't imagine running out to a field and into a stadium, a full stadium, and just like, everyone hates me. Yeah, 90% of the, there's a contingent of people in the upper deck wearing orange and blue. And other than that, you're all alone. I mean, what does that feel like? You get sacked or hit real hard and everyone just screams like, Joy. I imagine that the best players get used to it
1: and block it out. But mm-hmm. if you're 19 years old and it's your first time doing it in an environment like that, there's probably some of it that you learn to block out as you go, but it's not, there's no way it's easy.
0: For tomorrow's show, please tweet us one. Uh, any thoughts about the Locked On Auburn Podcast Awards, the L O A P A, if you will? Uh, extra categories. If we left some people out, please do that. But a big thing I want to go through tomorrow is bold predictions. If you have any bold predictions that you expect to happen, as well as score predictions that you expect to happen this Saturday or things that could happen, tweet at the show, Locked on Auburn. We'd love to go through those. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, brother?
1: At PaintSharpless on Twitter. And, of course, listen to the Lunch Break with Justin Ferguson and me. That's every day from 11 to 1 and you can catch the podcast of that if you need more Auburn football and basketball news.
0: Yeah, a lot of people love that this show is daily, but you guys are daily as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit longer format, but right. I mean, there's uh, there's definitely some pros, pros to that for sure. So if you need more Auburn content, you got an extra two hours with you guys every day. And you're good enough to join us.
1: So if you like hearing Zach, which it seems like most of you listening probably do, you can catch Zach on the lunch break as well.
0: Yes, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at zblackerby. Follow the show at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast.
1: It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.